0: Welcome to Evolve, Mastery for Leading a New World, with CEO and award-winning author, Yvette Bethel. This podcast is dedicated to supporting leaders with a variety of solutions to build trust, inspire authentic change, and improve morale within your organization. Learn how to grow your people, build your culture, and transform your results. Welcome to Evolve. Mastery for Leading the New World. I am your host, Yvette Bethel, and I thank you for joining me. Many of us have heard change mantras such as, change we can believe in, or the only thing constant is change. But when change occurs, no matter the intention behind it, there are a minimum of three types of responses. Firstly, when a change is announced, there's a group of people who are deep within their comfort zone. They execute routines with very little effort because they are in the realm of the familiar. These comfortable employees may be good performers or they may be underperforming. Whatever the case, they can become a group of resistors if their routines, hierarchy, and status are threatened in any way. Then, you have the employees who sit on the fence. They are undecided and want to find out what the majority thinks before they commit to a decision. They may listen to compelling arguments from various perspectives and not make up their minds immediately. Alternatively, they may have a well-defined opinion, but their allegiances may cause them to straddle the fence. Early adopters buy into the vision of change immediately and they are willing to work through the uncertainties of the process because they understand how the change will help them and everyone else. Early adopters are an asset to any company during a change process because when employees witness other employees buying into the initiative, they may be more inclined to make a similar decision. In the midst of change, there is uncertainty and emotion. To improve your chances for early buy-in, there are a number of questions that need to be anticipated and addressed up front, like Will I have a job when this is all done? Will my status with the organization remain the same? How does this change impact my career plans? Do I possess the basic skills necessary for succeeding within the new working environment? These are all the kinds of questions that generate uncertainty, anxiety, and and inevitably resistance if left unanswered. When change is initiated, leaders can sabotage the process in various ways. One way they do this is by providing insufficient information. Change cannot be effectively implemented if managers facilitate a single meeting where they make an announcement and leave everyone to their own devices. A second way you can sabotage a change process is through office politics. Office politics can interfere with change because persons who are power struck tend to focus on their personal agendas and not the needs of the team. This can leave co-workers affected by the change in a state that is both fearful and resistant. A third form of sabotage can occur when there are leaders who either don't buy into the change initiative or they are unable to fully comprehend it. So they create an appearance of change by superimposing the new operational framework over the old one. More specifically, they end up creating the illusion of change, but they haven't made any real change because they want to remain within their comfort zones. For instance, I have a client. This client introduced coaching as a people development tool. What happened is some managers grasped how to use the process and actually develop employees. Others who were unwilling to relinquish a predominantly autocratic leadership style tended to micromanage, continuing to suffocate employees. Change leaders may be formal leaders like managers and executives, or they may be informal ones such as early adopters. Regardless of who the leaders are, they set the pace and the tone of the change. They can allay fears or create them. They can make the change process a smooth one or a complicated one. In change projects, there are three important components, process, content, and people. Architects of change tend to focus more on the content and process of the change. Scoping the old processes to determine what needs to be done, creating flowcharts for the new procedures and troubleshooting potential implementation setbacks. Change leaders sometimes discount the destabilizing effect of a new initiative and how it can affect the team so they don't place the same amount of emphasis on the people side of change. The key to a healthy change process is the active facilitation of top-down, bottom-up, and lateral communication simultaneously. When these channels are open, employees who have to perform the new daily tasks can provide and receive immediate feedback feedback is critical because the change architects cannot possibly think of every eventuality if they are not intimately involved in the process on a daily basis. Once concerns with the change are revealed, change leaders should establish an investigative process that will provide an understanding of the root causes of the people process and content issues. Focus groups or meetings with individuals can be used as tools to explain concerns raised during a change initiative. By listening to issues, no matter how trivial they may seem, and seeking and implementing solutions, change leaders can gain buy-in at a much faster rate. In order to lead an effective change process, it is important for leaders. To manage their resistance to modifying the original change plans a new perspective can be the difference between a disastrous change initiative and a successful one that brings us to the end of this episode of evolve mastery for leading the new world thank you for joining me and i invite you to listen in every monday for the newest podcast Thanks for listening to Evolve, Mastery for Leading a New World. Visit YvetteBethel.com to learn more about Yvette's leadership programs and to download her free gift, Success Tips for Igniting Your Career.